0: Join Dennis Seagrave for Den at Ten Hello again Normally when I stand here and start these little chats that I do on a Sunday I stand here and I'm saying I don't really know what to talk about this week I don't know how I'm going to start Even though I make notes during the course of the week It's difficult to choose which ones I can talk about and Be fairly fluent in what I'm trying to say although when I sometimes listen back to it I think oh I've put too many pauses in there and I've spent too long trying to explain something this week's been different quite a lot has happened this week started off on Monday this all was quiet I was just chugging along in my normal way And the phone rang. It was my son. I thought I'd better let you know before you hear from somewhere else. I'm sat waiting for an ambulance. I said, You what? He said, I'm waiting for an ambulance to pick me up. Your immediate instinct is, What's the silly beggar done now? You know? And I said, Well, why? What's happened? I've not slept, I'm doubled up in pain, I've phoned the helpline and they think there's a problem, they've sent an ambulance. OK, fair enough, well, is there a tack and do? No, 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 the ambulance will sort me out. Anyway, I left it at that. I said, well, just, just let me know how you're getting on, let me know how things are. In the evening I got a text message. Now normally my kids will phone me on the house phone because they know I'm more likely to answer that than my mobile because I don't carry my mobile everywhere with me when I'm in the house or even have it switched on a lot of the time so they know to phone me on the house phone. So when I got this text later in the evening it was, I've got a cute pancreatitis right okay but I couldn't get through to you on the house phone it doesn't ring properly and then it just crackles and nothing happens so I texted him back and he he phoned me then on my mobile and he says uh, yeah now I've got you he says I didn't phone your mobile to start with because I didn't know whether you'd answer it I said no he says, I'm here I'll answer it what's up he says well they're going to put me on a drip and give me painkillers to try and get the swelling down and relieve the pain I said what's up with the phone then he says well I phone you up and it sounds as though it's being answered but it just crackles and buzzes I said well it ain't wrong any road I'll let you get some peace, you go off and get your drip fitted and relax and see how you get on, let me know what's happening. On that I went, I grabbed my mobile and dialed our phone, and sure enough it didn't ring, it just went and crackled as though somebody was trying to answer it, but it didn't ring. Uh, A bit late now to to fuss about, We'll, we'll have a look at that in the morning. So in the morning I rung it again with my mobile and tried different things and as it crackled I said to Elaine pick the phone up and it was connected and we were talking to each other. Now as I've said before I used to run a telephone system and be responsible for maintenance on different phones and such like so i put my old business hat on and got to work unplugging this unplugging that tracing the cabling checking the wiring checking all the individual bits and pieces now i can't i can't find a fault as such so we phoned and complained as we got this problem and the engineer came out it wasn't long before he got there actually And he had a similar thing, he was unplugging this, unplugging that, trying this, trying that. When was the house built? Do you know? And Elaine said, well, I moved in in, I think it was 95, she said she'd moved in. I said, well, when I demolished the kitchen units to put new units in a few years ago, I said those units were delivered in 1991. So I assume that's roughly when the house was being built. Because all the units in the different houses were the same, they were the originals. Ah, he says, something's not working right there. This is the, the sockets. Nearly 30 years old, so he took all the socket and everything apart. Said, oh yeah, there's this, there's that, there's the other. And he put a new socket on, tried it all, fine, got that sorted. That's item two out of the way. Now, for a while now, we've had problems with our printer when we want to print off documents. And just lately, Elaine's been doing a lot of sewing. I've said in the past, she does a lot of work for her, her daughter with the entertainment agency, making costumes. But during lockdown, and while now she's retired, she's had more time to do different things. so she's been making clothing for the grandchildren and some of the children actually and uh, she's been printing off a lot of patterns and a lot of instructions. Now although we've had problems for a few weeks now, all of a sudden it started really playing up. Trying to print but not printing black and white not printing the appropriate colours so if she was printing out a pattern she'd get all the coloured bits but no actual black print no words on it. So she said I think it's a case of getting a new printer. I says, well what cartridges are you using? As I say I used to do a bit of work with computers and such like. She says all oh, those compatibles we've been having. Ah. Uh, I said well If we get another printer, I suspect we'll get one the same as we've already had, because when it's working, it's a great little printer. So rather than go out and buy a new printer, I said just pacify me and buy some proper cartridges, not compatibles, the original makers ones. Oh well, they're good cartridges. I get. I dare say. She said, and I put new compatibles in, and they're still not working. I said, just, just pacify me. Just try it. So she sent for some proper manufacturers cartridges. <laughs> Works perfectly now. No problem whatsoever. Okay. These cartridges are more expensive, they cost a lot more. But at least we get the job done. If you buy cheaper cartridges and they don't work, you're spending more money on cartridges than if you'd have bought the proper one in the first place. But we weren't to know that. It was experience that told us that these wouldn't work. Later that day, I got a call from my son saying they were going to send him home all he needed to do was stay off work for at least a week get some rest, get some painkillers down him and so it went now Thursday is usually my day for doing the shopping There's a habit I got into while Elaine was working that I went out and got the main shopping for the week on a Thursday morning it was convenient for me and I had not got the crowds in the shops that you sometimes get towards the weekend and over the weekend. Now, earlier in the week, I'd put my car in for its MOT test. When you run an old car like I've got at the moment, you sort of don't look forward to this every year, but it got through last year, there was a bit of work done on it, and he said this will last you for two or three years now, I've done some good work on it. So I'd booked it in for the Saturday morning. We duly went into Ripley and did the shopping and came out and loaded the stuff into the back of the car. Normally what happens then is Elaine goes and takes the trolley back and I drive round the car park and pick her up as we go past where the trolleys are stored. Jumped in, turned the engine on. I couldn't get any gears solid so i thought either the selector has gone the gearbox has gone or the clutch is gone so i turned everything off and tried again hmm it's not having it is it anyway by now elaine had got concerned as i hadn't turned up and walked over to see what i was doing so i explained it to her and right i'll phone the rac so spoke to the rac and they said oh it's going to be a good hour and a half to two hours before we can get anybody to you well i haven't really got an option so they said "Uh, what where am i what was it like and i said well i'm here and i've got the stuff you know we've got the shopping and everything in the car So they advised us to get somebody to help us out. Now, my son's just come out of hospital. My son-in-law's at work. My daughter-in-law was at work. And my daughter really lives too far away to ask her. But they all rallied round, and in the end, my son says, well, I'm in bed, actually, but I'll get dressed and I'll come and sort it. i managed to drive to Belper and back. Techie Lane and the shopping home while you wait for the RAC so that's what we did well, I was a bit daft then because waiting for the RAC I thought I'll try to put it into gear with the engine not switched on and it went in and out of every gear perfectly right, it's not the selector up with the bonnet, let's have a look I'm a leaking clutch fluid, how are things there? clutch fluid was fine topped up, no signs of any leaks so I put the bonnet down and I thought it must be something between the cylinders on the clutch system where the fluid is and the pedal perhaps something's broken on the linkages so I climbed back and looked down into the car and I thought clutch pedal's in a funny place lower than it should be so I pulled it up where it should be (laughs) worked fine didn't it in and out of gear no problem whatsoever bother so I phoned the RAC and called them off I said sorry to bother you but we've got it fixed looked at me watch and I thought all I've got now is a fine from the car parking people because I've overstayed me hour and a half to be there still waiting for that to come so I thought everything was fine drove up to the garage where my car was due to be have its M.O.T and uh, parked up and went in it was people as I knew was around the garage my son-in-law was there because he does a few odd jobs at the weekend up there because that's where he does his motorbike racing from. They've got his bike and everything up there. And uh, the mechanic went to put it on the ramp. He says, have you got trouble with your clutch pedal? I says, well, I did have it. started on Thursday, some happened. Why? He says, it's just down down again with me. Well, we thought nothing of it, but went next door to a guy who works next door with his garage, and he came in. He says, oh, I says, it's... So-and-so wrong with you, you clutch. Just slip the clutch at 30 mile an hour it's Just slip the clutch a bit when it's safe to do so on a quiet bit of road and it'll warm it up and free off what's jamming. Okay. Passed the MOT, no problems whatsoever. Sailed through. Everything was fine. Said how good a job had been done last year on it. Well, on the way home, it started playing up again. Every so often when I change gear, I had to hook my toe under the pedal and pull it back up fully so I could change gear next time got back to the house, reversed it onto the drive and just needed to inch it forward a bit into where I prefer it to sit on the drive and could I get a gear, not a chance opened the bonnet and looked under the bonnet and the clutch fluid reservoir was totally empty Somewhere I have got a leak on the system, but I can't see where it is. The only thing I could think of, I, we've got a little car spares place about half a mile down the road. So it was a case of walking around there, picking up a bottle of clutch fluid, filling up the reservoir and hoping by pumping the pedal I can get the fluid to circulate enough to free it off. The problem being that if I can't shift my car, Elaine's car is further down the drive and she can't get out with hers. Anyway, it worked, and I could move my car off the drive. Phone the place where I'd had my MOT done and see if they could help me out. Yeah, if you can get it up here, we'll we'll see to it. We'll We'll have a look at the bookings and see if it can fit you in next week. So that's what I'm waiting for. So that's the week. I didn't think I'd have much to talk about but that's what's happened. One night in the week we were watching the television Elaine and myself and it was something to do one one of the news items with border guards and how they got some problems and somebody was praising how they'd hesitated to take action. I said, they didn't do that with us in Italy in the 1960s. She says, why, what do you mean? I said, well, it was like this. And I'll recount the situation to yourselves. It was an organised trip. We were all in the sixth form at grammar school. So we were all 17-ish. And it was an organised trip that gave us an itinerary to get to where we were going in the Dolomites in northern Italy. A couple of trips out while we were there, but that was as far as the organisation went. There was sort of a, a guide to take us, but the rest of the time was our own, even when we went on the trips. Once we got to the destination of the trip, the time was our own. Well, we... It was the first time I'd been abroad, first time I'd been on a cross-channel ferry and we jumped on the train at... um, Where did we get off that? Boulogne. Folkestone to Boulogne was the the ferry. And we jumped on the train and that was our home until we got to Ball Station. Slept overnight on the train. Had these weird little breakfast things that they brought round in the morning. Changed trains at Ball and away we went. The last stage of the journey was up the Brenner Pass from Austria into Italy. Now for years parts of this area had been disputed whether they were Austrian or whether they were Italian or what they were. And we chugged up the Brenner Pass and came to a a station, I forget which station it was now. But we sat there and we were there for quite a while. And a couple of us said couldn't half do with the toilet. Now in those days, Continental Railways, if you went to the toilet and looked down the pan, you looked straight down onto the track underneath. There was no U-bend or anything in the toilets. You just looked straight down onto the track. Not hygienic and not healthy. And same as on British trains in those days, please do not use this toilet while the train is standing in a station. So we decided we'd jump off the train, go to the toilets in the station and then get back on the train. Now because we didn't want to miss the train if it pulled off, we jumped off and were running down the platform. And a shout of heart behind us. Now we sort of slowed down, but didn't actually stop. But to the sound of three rifles being cocked and pointed in our direction, we all stopped rather suddenly. And funnily enough, none of us wanted to go to the toilet after that. They looked at our passports and gave us a bit of a talking to that hardly any of us understand because they weren't talking proper English, and put us back on the train. Now, we didn't realise at the time that coming up the pass, we had crossed the border between Austria and Italy. And when it stopped at the station, the border guards were supposed to have locked up... We were told this later, I didn't know this at the time. The border guards were supposed to have had all the doors on the train locked and worked their way through from front to back of the train and as they passed you and looked at all your passports and got everything sorted you had actually crossed the boardroom in Italy. Now apparently what we had done, we'd found a door that was unlocked on the train, got out of it in Austria and tried to run along the platform into Italy without our credentials being checked to which these Italian soldiers immediately took umbrage and threatened us down the barrel of a rifle. Now the actual holiday went quite well. We enjoyed ourselves. We had a day trip to Innsbruck, looked round there. We had a day's journey to Cortina d'Ampezzo. Now, I enjoyed those because Innsbruck was the site of the 1964 Olympic Winter Olympics and Cortina d'Ampezzo in Italy was the 1956 Winter Olympics. A superb ice skating rink in Cortina. More like a stadium with terrace seating all around it. Beautiful place. And we walked a little way out of the town and We came to the area where the ski jumps were and we walked up and stood next to one of the platforms with the slope on that forms the ski jump, all grassed and clean and white in the sunshine when we were there, no snow, and we tried to imagine what it was like when it was covered in snow and this was a slope that skiers could come down. Now having stood by this structure and looked up at the top of it anybody that mocks Eddie Edwards and said what a crazy guy he is should go and look at one of these and see how high they are and how far you come down and then throw yourself off the end of it. I take my hat off to the man he's braver than I'll ever be And so the week went on, we went to different things now. But one day we caught a train to the next town, just for a look round and a bit of fun in the town. And we bought a return ticket and it cost us so many lira in those days. Nobody thought about the euro then. So we, we paid the lira, went to the town and back. A Couple of days later we thought, We'll go back there, but we'll be clever. There was just the three of us this time. And we thumbed a lift into the town. Very pleasant guy, picked us all up, took us in, dropped us off in the marketplace. Now after spending the day there, we thought, hmm, pushing it a bit to try and thumb a lift back. We'll go back on the train. So we went to the train station and tried to buy tickets for a single journey back to where the hotel was. And the guy selling the tickets wanted to charge us the same price as we'd paid for a return ticket two days before. Now we were querying this and trying to chat to this fella, you know, three of us. Stood by the counter where he was working, and he was trying to explain to us. And things were getting a little bit confused. I won't say heated, but we were getting a bit confused. Touch of the old, if you shout loud enough at a foreigner, he'll understand what you're saying sort of conversation. When we heard the door shut behind us, and a couple of people walk across, But the sort of semi-argument carried on when a deep voice, in whatever language it was, queried what was happening. Now this ticket clerk said something and blow me if we didn't hear the sound of rifles being cocked again behind us. Been in the place five days and had rifles pointed at us twice. Well, we sort of stood there and said, well, if you explain it like that, we'll pay you. Not a problem. Why didn't you say so in the first place? Yeah. Strange times. But a very enjoyable holiday. We found a bit of a club we used to go to in the evenings. And we realised that buying a carafe of wine in one bar was cheaper than buying a carafe of wine in the other bar where they had the live entertainment and the music and the dancing so being young lads as young lads are we used to go into the one bar and buy a cheap carafe of wine and smuggle it into the other one where we'd sit and watch the dancers and the music what we didn't realize was at the time we were that clever to do this little trick we weren't clever enough to notice that the decanters in one bar were a different shape to the decanters and carafes in the other bar and we got found out. We didn't get thrown out, the owner gave us a bit of a talking to and warned us to be careful in future. So the next morning we thought, right, we'll go down to this open air swimming pool and that's a bit of a swim there. So we went in and we were having a laugh and a joke at the side of the pool and got a bottle of, I think it was a bottle of, big bottle of martini, the Rosso one, and we were having a bit of fun. And the owner of the swimming pool turned up, the same guy that owned the bar as we'd been told off in the night before telling us we'd got to be careful and behave and everything else. Yeah, right, Okay, no problem. Anyway, in the end we were having a laugh and a joke with one of the lifeguards, there in his T-shirt and his shorts looking important. And he started teasing us and playing about, so we did what all English people did in those days with foreigners, we picked him up and threw him in the pool. Then two hours had to jump in and get him out because although he was a lifeguard, he couldn't swim. Uh, yeah, right. We did manage to get back in and go for a, a sunbathe a couple of days later. trouble was that day, the plague was, place was plagued with horseflies. You'd lie there in the sun and all of a sudden you'd yell and jump up and go and jump in the pool to try and stop the damn things biting you. But yeah, all in all, a brilliant holiday. We capped it all off. When we were waiting for change trains, we got about an hour and a half's wait on Ball Station in Switzerland. So we passed some the time by kicking a football along the platform to each other. (laughs) We got fined for playing football on Ball Station. I think because this was I think it was 1967 we were over there. So as we were being told off of playing football, I think the shouts of, well, who won the World Cup then? And don't you know we're the world champions? You know what we're doing. Didn't go down very well. Talking of football while we were in Italy, we played against a local team of youths as a challenge to a game because we'd been talking about the, the World Cup. And the Italians, as young lads, were just the same as we see sometimes with the Italian football team. They can kick lumps off you and think they're doing well. You go in with a hard tackle on them and they demonstrate and complain like mad. But so it was. While we were there, we befriended a a German chap. We were walking back from the bar one night, I think, to choruses of... Lloyd George knew my father and the next night in the club a carafe of wine came over to us and we said we'd amptured that and apparently this, they said oh that fella over there's done it. He was a German fella as had been conscripted and had to serve in the Second World War and he was telling us how jolly he thought we were and how brilliant we were enjoying ourselves. And uh, more or less every night after that, when he saw us, he treated us to a drink and we, we had a chat with him. He'd got his own wine glass, more like a rose bowl on a stem than a wine glass. It was a huge, great thing. But happy times, and it's given me something to talk about and reminisce with you. Thanks for your patience for putting up with it today, but it was a story I've not told very often. And I think at times it's worth telling of how we were in those days and how we could enjoy ourselves. Ta-ra for now.